everybody, I'm Manita. And I'm Mavi. And welcome to episode 5 of Good Morning Mondays, which is a series that aims to bring you good news, fun facts, new perspectives, and basically all things good vibes. We know that there's a lot of bad news going around lately, but we hope to show you that even in the bad, the good still exists as long as we're willing to look out for it. In a nutshell, this is just a conversation between two friends trying to stay positive, and we wanted to include you in the conversation too. So yeah, we hope you learn something new from this and take away some feel-good vibes for the rest of your day. Okay, so I wanted to start off with, uh, I guess, a good piece of news mm-hmm. um, that came up quite recently. Um, which is that Gojek is offering two vouchers worth $15 each for users commuting to COVID-19 vaccination centres. So what this whole thing is about is essentially that commuters going to get their COVID-19 vaccinations can now use these two vouchers when they are travelling to vaccination centres or polyclinics around Singapore. So the aim of this, I guess, this policy is to make sure that those who need transportation to vaccination sites are able to get it and I guess you know overall um, it encourages people to stay in a I guess in a contained area when they travel to get their vaccine mm-hmm. just for things to be safer mm-hmm. yeah so new users who download the Gojek app and sign up with the platform will automatically receive their vouchers um, those who are existing users should be able to find your vouchers in the application already and the vouchers will be available until August 31st. Yeah. So I think when I read this piece of news, it you know it just makes sense, right? Um, that you're helping people get vaccinated. And yeah. then I think it also made me realize that I am very lucky to be able to like afford grab rights or go jack rights. Yeah. And there are people out there who can't afford it as comfortably as me. So um, I think this is a great policy that Gojek is doing to help people um, get the transportation they need la. Yeah, I think it's very encouraging that they've taken this move Because I mean, essentially fighting COVID-19 is a community-wide effort, right? Mm. I mean, the onus is not just on the government, it's like everybody has to chip in to fight it And it's nice that they are doing this to like help speed up Possibly speed up vaccinations because I mean then it will be more convenient for people to travel, right? Mm, yeah I guess even for people like the elderly, it will not only be more convenient but also like safer for them to travel by car, especially like what you said, if the vaccination centers or the polyclinics are very far from their homes. Yeah, so um, that's what I have for the first part of my piece of good news. How about you? So for my piece of good news, um, I actually came across a story about this very kind taxi driver who really went out of his way to return um, a passenger his items. So this passenger was travelling around Jurong area in the west and he in the in the cab, um, he was talking to the taxi driver. You know, when you go into a cab, sometimes you start chatting with uncle. Yeah. And um, I mean, with COVID, everybody's really suffering economically with their jobs, etc. Mm-hmm. Especially taxi drivers, you know, because in general, people don't travel so much with lockdowns and everything. Yeah. And they were sharing that um, business has not been so good. And the passenger was also sharing about how he has been struggling to make ends meet. So they were talking, 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 and the taxi driver accidentally um, overshot the destination. And so this passenger in a rush, like I think this was quite late at night already mm-hmm. after work. 
So this passenger in the rush, like he just left the taxi, but he left behind his IC, his visa, his Amex card, and hundred dollars worth of cash. Like that is uh, all basically important valuables and money. Yeah, and so when when he realized that he left his things behind, um, he kept trying to call. I think he left、mm. his phone also. Yeah, he left his phone also. So he kept trying to call his phone, uh, but it didn't get picked up. And next thing he knew, um, he even retraced his steps, went back to the taxi stand where he got the cab from, and really he went through a lot of effort trying to relocate his items. And next thing he knew, um, the taxi driver had shown up on his doorstep. To return、mm. his items, like it's so sweet that the taxi driver really went out of his way just to return the items. He probably got the address from the back of his、yeah. IC or something. I I suspect. Yeah. So turns out quite cute lah. The taxi driver didn't know how to um pick up the the phone because it's a <laughs> smartphone and it's some uncle, so he didn't know how to pick up. But yeah. So I I I guess the taxi driver could really tell how desperate he was lah because、yeah. you know he called so much. But more than that, I was really taken aback at how how out of the how 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 out of his way the taxi driver went to return the items because、uh, I think most taxi companies would have some kind of lost and found area、um, or department where they could return these items to for passengers to retrieve the items. But instead of doing that, he went back to the house to return the items. And I mean, it's not just about him being kind, but it's also opportunity cost, right? Yeah. In that time, he took to travel back to the house and. Return items. He could have possibly picked up a passenger. Had been making money.、Mm. So yeah, it was very nice that there's such nice taxi drivers around, like uncles who really go out their way. I think it was like quite interesting that、um, you were saying about how the taxi driver uncle and the passenger were both talking about how it's difficult for them to make ends meet, right?、Mm-hmm. Then, like. The the taxi uncle actually returned the money, and then、yeah. in return for returning the money, the passenger actually like gave the money, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think the passenger gave him the hundred dollars as like a thank you lah. Yeah. So it was like a really you do good and you receive good, like、yeah. good karma. So I mean, even if I guess, even if things are inconvenient, if we can do good, I guess we will we will receive we will reap its benefits、yeah. one way or another, whether directly or not. I think losing your IC, your bank cards, and phone is really like heartbreaking because I think losing your IC itself, you gotta pay a fine. Yeah. And then you know your entire world is in your phone. Like, I can imagine and relate to the panic the passenger、yeah. was going through. I mean, even if he called up the lost and found department and he realized it's there, like to not have your phone for like few hours or even a day or so, whatever, is very stressful, right? Yeah. So for the taxi driver to actually return it to him and for him to get it back ASAP. Was very nice style of the taxi driver.、Mm. Yeah, and it kind of relates to another article that I came across of another taxi driver. So this taxi driver found a wallet on his taxi floor、um, at the end of his shift one night with one thousand five hundred dollars worth of cash, and、um, he returned it to instead of like pocketing the money for himself, he returned it to the lost and found department. I think. And yeah, I guess it it just goes to show that there are taxi drivers out there. Who、um, I mean, driving taxi is not an easy job.、Mm. You definitely don't earn a lot of money, and there are taxi drivers. There are stories of taxi drivers who pocket extra money they find, or overcharge their customers, or the customers accidentally give them more money and they don't say anything. But it's nice that there are those out there also who really like are honest, and yeah, do what's right. Yeah, I think it's like.、Um, It's very easy to just take the money, right? Exactly. Because I think in the case of the one thousand five hundred dollars, it's like you can easily have taken like a few hundred and say like, oh, I don't know where the hundred goes. Yes,、go. exactly. And the thing about 
taxis is that you really get in a taxi and you get out and it's like it's so hard to locate you maybe you don't remember where exactly you lost your money yeah. right so the taxi driver could easily have gotten away with it yeah, so thankfully he was honest and thankfully we have honest and caring people in society as long as we're willing to look out for them. And so far, we've talked about kind deeds, we've talked about good deeds and we've also touched on how COVID has affected people financially and economically. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about the mental health aspect of things and in particular, I wanted to talk about grief. I know it doesn't really sound like good news, but hear me out first lah. So, uh, recently, as the Lucy fans would know, Lucifer Season 5B is out. <laughs> yeah, so I know you haven't watched it. Yeah, I know you haven't watched it, yes, but... no spoilers, I won't spoil it for you. I've watched it already. It's great. Um, but um, I just wanted to raise up some stuff that happened in the story. This is not a spoiler. I'm just, you know, just for you who are listening. Essentially, in the story, they bring in this element of grief um, and loss and pain. So um, if you watch the show, there's this therapist called Dr. Linda Martin and she's talking to one of the characters and she says to the characters, you're grieving, it's important to acknowledge that. And then she says to another character um, that sometimes when you care about people, you have to go through pain and loss, but that's the price of joy. Um, Trust me, never loving anyone is far worse than loss. I think, you know, hearing that, right, even in no context at all, it's very moving words. Mm -hmm. And I think it got me to think about this um, concept of grief. It reminded me of, um, I think back in 2020, when COVID first came out, there were quite a few articles on COVID and grief Mm -hmm. that I feel weren't really talked about enough. So I thought it'd be good to like bring it up today because... I guess Singapore just experienced like somewhat of a second wave of COVID yep. and then um, we have heightened restrictions now. So um, before diving into it, just a brief definition of grief I found on Sage Pub journals. They define it as an intense yearning for what is lost, as a pathognomonic feature along with accompanying emotional, cognitive, physical and behavioural manifestations. So that's how they define grief. And there's a range of grief. So grief reactions range from being a normal phenomenon to diagnosable psychiatric conditions. So I think while researching on this topic, um, quite a few interesting things popped up. So firstly, there's this thing called collective grief that I found in NBC News. So uh, we all know that the COVID situation in India is really dire. Yeah. And... Experts have been saying that this sense of loss, this sense of grief is not just contained in India itself but because India has such a huge diaspora, um, the impact is also felt all over the country, I mean, uh, sorry, all over the world. Yeah, so according to this um, Harvard TH School of Public Health professor, he said that right now the Indian diaspora is as wife mentioned, it's huge. Yeah. And one interesting point he mentioned is that because of the social media age, we can literally see the tragedy that is happening. We can see the pain that people are suffering. So the pain that we feel as uh, people who are not living in India is amplified. 
and especially um, for those part of the diaspora, the feeling of helplessness, the feeling of grief is also amplified. Yes, I think this is especially since for the diaspora, their roots are quite strong in India, but a lot of the younger generations travel out to advance their careers and etc. And I think for this younger generation who aren't able to go back or are really caught in the dilemma to go back uh, to support their parents in this time, there's also that sense of guilt mm. together with the grief of I've left and like I want to go back but at the same time it's going to cost me here and even if I go back so, so it's, it's a lot of pain associated with going yeah. back and there's the whole situation of not even being able to go back even if you wanted to exactly yeah so um, that is collective grief which is where you know people um, collectively feel the grief like, I know it sounds quite lame but that is collective grief another interesting thing about grief is there's this specific category of people which is our healthcare workers so, I think in Singapore, the conversation revolves around like, oh, be nice to your healthcare workers because your healthcare workers are saving your lives. Or like, um, don't be mean to the healthcare workers, yep. don't insult them because they're working very hard. But I think there should also be a conversation or at least more conversation on the impact that COVID has on the mental health of these healthcare workers. So if you think about it, these healthcare workers are on the front lines every day and we say it so naturally, right? Our frontline workers. But put yourself in their shoes. They see COVID every day. Uh, maybe not in the case of Singapore, but um, frontline workers in other countries, they see death every day. And I guess, you know, if you are a healthcare worker, a frontline worker, and you see death every day, there's some sort of guilt or grief that also washes over you. Yeah, and there's rarely any time to process that also because um, a lot of the hospitals are short-handed. So like one person dies and just move on to the next person. Yeah. That also leads to something like trauma according to um, the Sage Park Journal article that yeah. I read. So, you know, I think in this time when we are appreciating our healthcare workers, it's also good to keep this in mind uh, that um, they, in their own way, might also be grieving and they have a different kind of grief that we cannot fully understand but we can try to empathize with and try to support them. At the very least, I think we can never truly imagine what they go through. Mm. And I think having to face death and see it on a daily basis is something you cannot anticipate or you cannot imagine. But at the very least, I think as community members, what we can do is try to alleviate the situation, which is like following the rules, wearing a mask and staying home whenever you can. Lah. And I think also like, you know, being kind to them, right? Like last week we were talking about how people are kind to the healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. So for the majority of us, I would say, who, let's say, haven't really lost a family member or relative to COVID or who are not frontline workers, the rest of us, may also be experiencing our own forms of grief. So I was looking at this um, Harvard Business Review article Mm -hmm. on COVID-19 and grief and they interviewed this guy called David Kessler who is the world's foremost expert on grief according to the article. So he says that we are feeling a different number uh, a number of different griefs, sorry. So um, he says that we feel the world has changed and it has. Um, even though we know this is temporary, it doesn't feel that way and we realise that things are not are now onwards going to be different. So kind of like how 9-11 changed security at the airport. I guess for a lot of us, we always see the frustration, we see the anger, we see like the annoyance at all these restrictions, right? It's like, oh, how come I stay at home, cannot go out? 
But I think, in a sense, it's also interesting to think of it as grief because we've experienced a kind of loss. So whether that's like a loss of connection, a loss of normalcy, a loss of feeling safe, yeah. I think like, mm-hmm. personally for me, right, I think grief was a very um, reassuring word when I saw it because I felt really, very uncomfortable the first few five to six months of the COVID situation mm-hmm. and then I was trying to figure out like oh why do I feel like that or what am I feeling and then yeah. when I saw grief I think it made a lot of sense to me because I'm someone who doesn't deal well with change the fact that um, suddenly we're facing a pandemic suddenly we're in lockdown then um, I think a few months in then I realised that things are never ever going to go back to normal the way I know it like mm-hmm. as it can only be a new normal and it won't be yeah. the original normal if you get what I mean and yes. nobody gave me a heads up to that yeah and like I couldn't even say goodbye to the original normal yes. at my own pace yeah so I guess like for a good period of time and maybe even until now I'm still grieving that loss of the life I knew before COVID Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I can definitely say that I'm still grieving it. Mm. Some days I just think about, oh, what could have been if COVID didn't happen? Mm. And then I just, yeah, I, I think grieving, grief is, is the apt word. It's really the word to attach to that feeling. It's not so much about feeling trapped or not just only a sense of loss. It's more than loss. Mm. Like, it's, it's grief. Yeah. So I guess, like, um, in a sense, recognizing that helped me to slowly deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, He also brought up this interesting point on something called anticipatory grief. So maybe not in the context of Singapore because our death rates are quite low. Yeah, thankfully. Essentially what anticipatory grief is, is that um, you anticipate that you will be in a state of grief. So in countries where COVID-19 situation is worse, they anticipate that, oh no, my family member is going to get COVID and they are going to die because there's not enough resources. So um, that is like anticipatory grief. The fact that also the virus is invisible, we can't see it, it also makes it more difficult for us to comprehend this entire situation, which is what makes our grief worse. So, you know, on this note, how do we manage the grief? So what Kessler recommends is firstly to understand the different stages of grief. Once we are able to understand that, then we can start to slowly deal with it. Um, He says that these stages aren't linear, so that means they can come in like any like rotation. Ah. So yeah. everyone will experience grief in a different order and maybe like different extents, different styles. But this is just like a general outline. So firstly, there's denial, which is like, um, oh, this virus won't affect us. There is no virus. Mm. It's a conspiracy, etc. Mm-hmm. Then there's anger. So like, oh, why are you making me stay home? Why are you forcing me to wear a mask? Then there's bargaining. So okay, if I stay at home for two weeks, then... Um, the restrictions will be lifted, right? Yeah. Then, um, following that, there's sadness. So like, oh, I don't know when COVID-19 will end and I don't like being in lockdown. Then, um, there's also acceptance. So, finally accepting that, okay, COVID is here for the next few years and I have to start planning how I want to live in this pandemic. And then, I think he brings in something very interesting. So, I think we're kind of familiar with the five stages of grief. 
But he brings in something called the sixth stage of grief. I'm not very sure if it's official, but this guy brought it in. Mm -hmm. And he said that the sixth stage of grief is meaning. So finding meaning in the darkest hours or finding light at the end of the tunnel. So he says that, you know, finding meaning can look like uh, recognizing that even with the pandemic, we have technology that can connect us with other people. And we are actually making more effort to connect with people now that we are socially distanced or mm. uh, making meaning like um, appreciating the quietness of it all yeah. appreciating like walks in the park appreciating getting to know our family members better in lockdown I guess like for me right making my own meaning out of this pandemic is kind of like realizing that this gave me more time to work on myself to work on this podcast even mm-hmm. I think for me not just for me but like family members I've also spoken to I think Pre-pandemic, we felt like there was a lot of noise in our life, a lot of things going on, mm. committing to so many things, having to manage a lot of people's expectations, like keeping up with many people in our lives. But once COVID hit, you know, you just cannot meet people mm. or you just cannot go out. And then you really cut down your life to the more simple things and you actually realise that um, you don't need a lot of the things you've had in your life before that mm. of people. Not saying that those people were bad in any way or like, uh, whatever but you can really appreciate life with the small simple things you have mm. which is like family and really just day to day living so I think as much as we, we feel a sense of loss we also come to the realisation that hey um, there is much more to all that excessiveness we had pre-pandemic yeah and I guess like on that note right um, we always think like Singapore is a very fast paced city and we'll never slow down because we're always developing. Yeah. But like when COVID forced us to slow down, we realised that hey, actually we can slow down. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing at all. It's not. Actually, yeah. like mentally, it's not a bad thing to slow down and take a step back. Yeah. Maybe it's bad for the economy, but <laughs> I think in the long run, it's good to pace ourselves that way. Yeah, I think it is. So, uh, moving on to like some of the other advice that he gave. Um, he said like you know counter negative thoughts with positive thoughts so um, if you think like oh um, my family member is gonna get sick and we're not able to pay the bills um, that is an anticipatory thought and you can you know come up with a thought that counters that so like maybe none of my family members will get COVID Mm -hmm. and maybe we'll just all stay safe until the pandemic ends so um, that's what he recommends to counter the negative thoughts with positive thoughts um, another thing he recommends is to come into the present. So people who um, practice meditation, mindfulness, mm-hmm. they would know that. Uh, focus on the present. And on a related note, he says, uh, focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't control. Because I think especially in a pandemic, right, um, it's hard to control a lot of things. So it's good to focus on what you can control. And you know, finally, he recommends that um, we should all practice and stock up on compassion because mm-hmm. everyone right now we are going through a tough time different kinds of tough times but we are going through a tough time and everyone will have different levels of fear and grief and it manifests in different ways so we should be able to acknowledge that, validate that and understand that and ultimately be patient with the people around us and I guess on a small little note for me is also to be patient with ourselves. Yeah, I was just want to say like that being said, you know, about trying to counter negative thoughts or like trying to stay in the present. I think it can be quite hard when you're very overwhelmed. Like some this kind of thing sometimes is easier said than done. Yeah. And I mean of course when you start to try practicing mindfulness or like trying to be positive, 
And I mean, saying saying this as a pessimist myself, mm. I think you have to be patient with yourself, you know, and tell yourself to start off small, mm. and you will you will start to see progress over time. It's it's you have to practice trying to be positive or countering your negativity with positivity because I mean I think we all know it's very easy to spiral yeah. into negativity. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like um before we end off, um just like a TLDR to be patient with yourself, be patient with the people around you and recognize or you know validate the kind of emotions you might be going through now. Cause I realized that um quite a few friends around me um are grieving in their own ways. It might not be like super depressing or whatever, but um, they are grieving lah. So if my friends are listening, reminder that we are there for you and to be patient with yourself as well and take care of yourself since now, you know, we have more time to anyways. So yeah, stay safe, take care of yourself and have a good Monday. Bye!